Look, I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right and what they did wrong. And I'm going to share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm going to tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. All right, guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle and Sarah, and this is the number one and fastest growing podcast for independent restaurant owners in the United States. Thanks for checking this out. Thanks for supporting the show. And look, I've been gone for a week. I'm sorry. It's actually shit, man. It's actually longer than a week. I think it's almost two weeks. It's just been hectic. And I'm sure you guys are in the restaurant business. You guys are out there doing your thing. You guys are hectic too. So uh, I'm hoping you give me a pass on this one. <laughs> um, it's been really busy. Um, work has been, uh, when I say work, for those of you who don't know, I am a full-time commercial real estate broker specializing in the strategic growth of emerging restaurant brands across the country. How's that sound for, for an elevator pitch? Um, but yeah, that's what I do. And yeah, I don't care if it's Texas, Denver, Chicago, uh, Tennessee, everybody is looking for space. Everybody. So that's a great sign compared to where we were a year and a half, two years ago. So super excited, just a little tired. A little tired, and like you guys know, this is a one-man show. So sometimes it takes me a little bit of, a little bit of extra oomph to get the, <laughs> to get these up and on the air. So I appreciate you understanding that. Um, I also want to thank everybody who has joined the National Restaurant Owners Network. If you were not aware, it is a network of us who just kind of kick it. We straight up kick it in this in this sort of like Facebook group just for restaurant owners, but just cooler. Basically, is how I describe it. Okay, so if, <laughs> um, we are working on some events with some previous guests who've been on the show to be in there and kind of just do their thing and, and live Zoom conferences and all that fun stuff. So uh, if you want to check it out, let me know. Uh, the link is in the bio. It is a paid subscription, um, but it's like 30 bucks a month, I think it is, so like a buck a day. And um, you have the opportunity to tap into a network of restaurant owners and industry professionals across the country who may be able to help you guys out. So uh, give it a shot. Also, if any of you are like, and I wish I could say their names and I probably could, but I just don't want to say it without running it by them. But a bunch of you guys have hit me up um, to schedule these one-on-one -on -one calls and it's been great. And it's really amazing because, you know, I started this podcast with the intention of helping people capitalize on my wins, right? Like, hey, this is what I did that worked and also avoid making some of the mistakes I made. So it's amazing in these calls, I literally can watch the light bulbs go off on people's like, holy shit, like I didn't realize that. I didn't realize I had to do that or I could do that. So if that's your thing and you wanna do it, please click the link in my bio and schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. All right, that's it. That's it for the the, the what do you call that? Selfish promotion? Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. But that's it for right now. Um, today's episode is with a local legend, Frank Carpentieri from Garden Catering, based right out of here in Greenwich. And it's a little bit odd, as you'll listen on the show. I just, I'm so used to doing these via Zoom. I didn't even think to like go the mile down the block to where his shop is. So we, we did this 
uh, over Zoom. But it's really a tremendous story. They've been a uh, mom and pop shop for years uh, here in Greenwich, Connecticut. And they've kind of expanded uh, into the state. And I think they're looking beyond that uh, at some point, but really focused on nurturing the business, which is great to hear. And to me, they are just very smart in, in their growth plans. Um, so we're actually gonna have our face-to-face -face meeting uh, at some other point without a camera, without a video recording or audio recording uh, some point next week. Cause I just love to be around family dynamic um, people who get the business and understand what it means to, to be consistent, to offer that consistent quality in all your locations. It's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, I'm sure at some point Frank has been approached to grow the business bigger. Probably very tempting. Totally making this up. Maybe he hasn't been, but it wouldn't be beyond the realm of expectation to think that. But they've chosen to kind of keep their business tight where they can kind of touch all their properties and then it really shows in the quality of what they do. So this is Frank Carpentieri from Garden Catering. Tap the Table is the world's fastest online ordering platform. Sell your food, merch, and event tickets fast and frictionlessly on the most popular social media channels, including Facebook and Instagram. Converting comments into customers is what made Tap the Table famous in the F&B tech space. Tap the Table allows your restaurant to automatically convert the comments you get on social media into cash. Build your list and own your data. With Tap the Table, your supercharged social media will automatically begin working for you by building your own list and allowing you to own your own data. Automatically build that list through direct sales on social media and even through third-party delivery services like Uber Eats and DoorDash. For a risk-free 60-day trial, DM me TTT for a special promo code today. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. A lot of you need a new website. A lot of you. And by a lot, I mean most of you need a new website, which is why I partnered with Bento Box to help you do just that. They provide uh, a full-service setup that brings agency-level design online in days at a fraction of the cost. And just because you're a listener of this show, you can also receive 50% off your setup fees by clicking the link in my bio and entering the code FOU6 in the how did you hear about Bento Box section. Again, that's code FOU6, Bento Box, own your presence, own your profits, own your relationships. All right, guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. And today we're joined by Frank Carpentieri from Garden Catering, which happens to be about like a um, how many miles like miles wise it's like three oh, miles oh, from here <laughs> exactly and I, I, realized, I did not realize till this morning that this should have been an in-person <laughs> podcast but i'm just gonna have to stop by for some nuggets That's uh, right. later uh frank thanks for uh taking the time i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me i'm, I'm excited yeah we we tried to get this done kind of during the pandemic am i right and then obviously not a great time to be dedicating an hour to a podcast so yeah, it was last <laughs> summer, and 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 we had it all set up, and then, um, geez, there's, I mean, I, the list, I, I can't even remember what catastrophe we were dealing with at the time. <laughs> um, uh, last summer was, uh, geez, I, I've got uh, the variants on my mind right now, and the supply chain. We were just sort of getting really into the nitty gritty of of the supply chain fallout. Um, we were at least experiencing that, but summers are typically a busy time for us. 
as it is. And then, uh, but thank you. I mean, I'm almost, uh, you know, almost a year later, I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, right. I mean, it's been, yeah. uh, it's definitely been a hectic time and, and you guys are such, um, a local legend that it, it's, it's great to have you here. Cause I love to hear the story, particularly there's, it's such a, it's a family business, right. And that's just not yeah. easy, not easy yeah. to do that. So <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to get into there, but Totally. Tell us, tell us about Garden Catering, how it got started, and then what kind of work into where you're at now. Sure. So Garden Catering actually started as Garden Poultry back in the early '70s on on Greenwich Avenue, which is a totally different uh, sort of experience Whoa. and and, and uh, retail strip than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you had a lot of these mom and pop uh, shops uh, on the avenue, uh, and there were two owners uh, that ran uh, Garden Poultry, and, and one of them um, in the late '70s opened up Garden Catering on Sound Beach Avenue in Old Greenwich. And that's where we are located now. And it's actually a, uh, for anyone who's ever been in there, it's a little hole in the wall. It's 500 square foot uh, converted diner car, actually. Uh, and um, and that gentleman uh, ran the business for about 10 years. And then uh, one day, uh, my dad and my sister were driving down to Old Greenwich. Old Greenwich, for those who who don't know, is, is a, Sound Beach Avenue is the main thoroughfare, not a very big, big or long one, but it goes right into the local beach in Greenwich. And so they were on their way to the beach one day and everyone stopped by Garden Catering to get fried chicken on the way to the beach. Mm, uh, and, the, and, and the shop was closed. Uh, and, and they realized, uh, sadly, that the owner had passed away and that the family, uh, he was the patriarch and, and sort of it really just wasn't working without him. And so sadly, um, they, were, they were closing up shop. Um, my dad had been in the restaurant business his entire life, uh, starting out with uh, Playland in, in Rye, New York, when he was 14 years old, flipping burgers at the concession stand and, and sort of had run the gamut. Uh, had just been coming out, it was just coming out of a, a restaurant lease. Uh, he had a seafood restaurant in Portchester, New York, and happened to actually know uh, the owner's wife. And then, you know, very long story short, um they they did a deal the 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 previous owner's wife was was actually thrilled to have someone sort of continuing the the legacy of garden catering as you mentioned yeah. it was sort of a local institution and um you know the only problem was my dad my dad signed the lease and then uh realized that the, the store was essentially falling apart uh and you know i think he begged borrowed and maybe i don't know what else uh you know about seventy thousand dollars which at the time was you know a, a significant amount and I always remember the story when when he finally sort of cobbled everything back together and, and was ready to reopen. Uh, his goal was to um, uh, uh, do the equivalent uh, in, in sales uh, that would match up to his rent amount uh, for the mm. month. And obviously, sales don't equivalent pro- don't e- doesn't equal profit. I was just sort of like in his head. That's what he wanted yeah. to do. And I think he like doubled it. And so from right from there, he sort of the, the gates were open and, and he was sort of flying by the seat of his pants. Uh, That's amazing. From there. Yeah. And so that was in the early 90s. Uh, and I joined the business in the early 2000s after I graduated college. And, um, and you know, here we are. Here we are now. We have uh, eight locations in two states. So we're in Mamaroneck, New York. That's our southernmost uh, location. And we're all the way up north in um, New Haven, Connecticut. So you were you planning? I mean, you went to college, right? So, so kind of like me, I wasn't planning. Like I wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna work in the restaurant business. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how old you are. But I feel like we're roughly the same age. I'm, I just yeah. turned 45. Okay, and, yeah, I'll and, be 43 in uh, next month. So yeah, okay. we're right there. So when we were growing up, if you went to college and got a job in a kitchen in a restaurant, they were like, this guy is not. Yeah. It didn't work <laughs> yeah. out. But at well, that time, I went to, right. yeah, I went to Providence College and I uh, and I oh, got a management town. degree. Sorry, uh, that's a great restaurant town. 
Yeah, yeah, great restaurant town. Um, no restaurant program at Providence College. I got a management degree, which I remember one of my management teachers telling me it was the most useless degree of, at school because you were sort of, you know, you dabbled in a little bit of everything, but you know, you, you sort of touched on macro and microeconomics, a little bit of accounting, and and yeah. you didn't really get much, you know, really get deep in it. I never told my parents that, of course, when they were paying for that education. But um, you know, I sort of, I, I sort of got out of college, and I really. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and so, um, but what, what happened was um, the day we were opening our, our, uh, our Porchester location, uh, my dad had a massive heart attack and he's still with us and he, he, and he got through it, but he had a triple bypass shortly thereafter. And wow. so that was sort of the realization um, that, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe I'd stick around a little bit and, and see mm -hmm. how I can help. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I did, and, and, and I actually, I stuck around and, you know, his health got sort of back on track and um, I, I went into sales for, for about a year and just, um, I knew I didn't want to do sales <laughs> after yeah. working in sales for a year. And, um, and so I, I said to my dad, I approached him. He never, he was never, um, he was very hands off about, um, he never pushed us into working in the business, which I really appreciate uh, sort of looking back on it. Uh, a lot of their, you know, a lot of, people I know are in family businesses are, are sort of forced to be into it. But what I realized when I started working full time was that I loved it. Um, I love the action. I love the, um, you know, I love the, uh, the interaction with customers. Um, I love the pace. Um, you know, we do, you know, at the time and we still do, you know, three, 400 guests a day out of a 400 or 500 square wow. foot wow. space. Some of our locations are a little bit bigger, but you're on your feet all day long. Uh, I remember my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife, uh, woke me up, uh, one, I think I just fell asleep at like, you know, it was one of those long days that, you know, summer and I was a young kid and I fell asleep early and something she woke, she wakes me up. She's like, you're just taking orders in your sleep. You're asking who's next. And oh so, my God. It, that it, is you know, and if you intense. don't, if you don't sort of like, if you don't love that, you know, if you don't really thrive off off that uh and the and the sort of rush that comes with with a good service where you know we're not fine dining by any stretch you know I, right. uh, but, but it services good services good service and i feel like you get the same sort of feeling after that and so anyway um i, I jumped into it with, with two feet and 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 really um realized very quickly we had no systems and we had no policies <laughs> and we had no hr department and we had we, we had really? a great, we had a great thriving business but we didn't have um much backing our growth so yeah that's that's a that's a big thing right like you it's amazing how much you can get done and you're kind of just swimming every day because you have that passion and you're like hey i like this but then like you take a day off or somebody takes a day off and you're the whole thing just craps out and you just or somebody like you i'm sure in your position everything's just waiting there for you like nobody did it oh you weren't here so we didn't do it those systems everything talk about what it took to implement yeah. some some type of systems in, in a business that was thriving like that it took a it was like you know shoveling you know what against the tide so you know <laughs> every day we got up and we were busy and so yeah. working on the business working in the business right you know ray crock you know uh, did you know did that uh, sort of set the model for that and so when i was in the business uh, you, you're not working on it and so in it right is like getting through the day you know, working yeah. on it is working on the systems and the policies and the procedures that are going to help you get a day off yeah. <laughs> and help your teammates. Ironic. Get a day yeah. Off, right. Uh, so I worked seven days a week for way too long. My wife uh, was like, look, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, let's really, you know, let's, 
let's let's not let's get some time to to ourselves here. And, yeah. and what it did is it sort of accelerated the need to um, to to really put systems into place so we could stabilize the business, that we could help grow the business, and then we could keep everyone in the business sane. Uh, mm -hmm. So that you know there was something that you know there was a chain of command, there was someone to call, there was you know a policy if this happened, and so that was a. It's we're still doing it today. I mean, we're yeah. we're not perfect by any stretch, uh, and so that took it took a, over a decade to get you know oh, where we needed to go. Some I of the bet. things were easy. You know, you have the low hanging fruit like portioning out the French fries and mm -hmm. uh, you know sort of, um, but the but the. The, the guest service training and the, you know, so much has changed with the technology. I remember chef tech was a, was Oh a, yeah. Yeah. That was the first and one. Yeah. I remember that one. Right. So that was the first time we ever put recipes into a computer and it's like, we need to know how much this stuff costs, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what a thought, right? What a concept. The restaurant industry is like notorious. And I think we're finally catching up for being sort of yeah. just way behind, oh. especially with small, small businesses, right? The big guys know it today. Yeah. Uh, but, and so it was a, it was a challenge for, for many years because we had so many locations, so many, I mean, we had, you know, more than a few. And so yeah. that was a challenge. Um, but it's been an awesome learning experience. And, and, um, the only thing I probably would have changed is, is if instead of diving right into working for the family business, probably would have gone out and worked for a, mm. uh, you know, like a, if I could have gotten the job at the time, like a union square hospitality, yeah. sort of, you know, con conglomerate corporate, not to, not to, you know, they do a really good job, obviously not keeping it corporate, but also just learning the business side of the business yeah. when you have to learn it, just trial by fire. It just takes a lot longer. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, so, uh, but here we are. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good point, man. That, that is, I mean, that is cause that's kind of the kind of thing like, Hey, we got to change how we cut this chicken and you want to show somebody, but they're like, Hey, we got all these orders going out. Now's not exactly the time. It's like, that's tough to do. I, I can really appreciate that. And, re and in regards to the, the corporate training before, and there's actually a group uh, on Long Island that they're a family run group. Uh, I forget their name now. Uh, Lessings. Okay. The Lessings group. They do a lot of catering, very similar. They have some restaurants and stuff. And I know that they have a policy that doesn't matter. You're, you're in the family. You need to go work for somebody else before you come here. So yeah. they had the son go work for Shake Shack before he came in and he learned a lot of this, this kind of stuff. And yeah, that's absolutely smart. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You learn yeah. some of that stuff as opposed to building the screwdriver in the plane at the same time is never a great idea. No, there's a lot of heartache you that comes along with it, you know, <laughs> and money, uh, right? Like there's a, it could be costly. Yeah, absolutely. And you find out the people who want to come around along for the ride. Uh, yeah. And then you, you find out those who, who sort of are the old dogs and, you know, and, and you have to make some hard decisions, but um, yeah. we've got a, a tremendously loyal, uh, staff, we have people, employees who've been with us uh, 20 plus years, and we're oh, really wow. thankful for that. Family is a tough word to use. Uh, you know, I think it's overused, but we we try to treat our people as as well as we are able to. And That's really, amazing. the pandemic has gotten is open. I think every employer's eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we've been able to do over the last two years really is, um, uh, I think, uh, pretty awesome. We have um, we've just rolled out um, a 401k program. Uh, we have a matching 401k program. We have uh, dental, vision, life. Uh, uh, in addition to our medical benefits, we actually just introduced a uh, Uber uh, discount um, that we we wow. were exclusive partners with Uber, and so we twisted their arm a little bit to to get us our, our employees a discount because a lot of them take uh, public transportation or Ubers into work. And oh yeah, um, you know, so we're it's it's been a challenge competing with the big boys, um, you know who. You know, fifteen dollars an hour is not a big deal, and you know they have some of these robust plans. Uh, and so, 
but but it's something that we're doing and and we're i think we're we're fighting a good fight uh, right now and and, and uh, trying to keep as much money in our employees pockets as we can while also you, know, you think about the benefits that you give them and how do we get them more money well how also do we keep money in their pocket and so that's sort of a, a dual sort of uh, attack that we have going on right now and yeah that that internal branding you know i keep hearing that term and like people restaurants are all, always so focused on how they look to the guests but now you know it sounds like you have a very solid base there in terms of staff but that internal branding meaning like what do you offer what is the culture like all that stuff is so important which is yeah. so crazy because that's the way it is for every other industry right like yeah it really has yeah. a certain vibe that place has a certain vibe i don't want to work at google because i'm more buttoned up or i don't want to work over here because i'm more google like those conversations I had all the time but in our industry it was like this is the way it is you know just freaking deal with it and that's that's yeah. and now that's all like not not that doesn't stick anymore right that doesn't work anymore that's been turned on its head um, yeah. And if you're not giving, we need to do a better job with this. I think what we've done a really good job is some of the benefits that I, I just sort of oh, yeah. laid out. But I think what we can do an even better job of uh, is communicating um, what we believe in, you know, uh, what we stand for, uh, because that, you know, there's the the benefit piece of it. And then there's the, you know, sort of uh, psychological piece of like wanting to be part of something that that's bigger than, than who I am, you know, and yeah, so, right. and um and so our, our core purpose is to uh, make our communities a better place to live. And so that's what we get up in the day for. That's what we'll never actually fully achieve that, but that's what we go for every day. And so we need to start talking about that. We talk about that as, as an executive team and, and we uh, talk about that a little bit with our with our staff, but we're actually just had a conversation earlier with our CFO and our district manager about how we can uh, let people know uh, whether or not they had a good week at work, you know, and yeah. obviously feel that, you know, but in your, in your gut, but hey, did we hit our guest counts? Did we hit our, um, you know, did we hit the average ticket that we're going for? And then what do you do about it? You you celebrate the heck out of it and you make it a fun place to come yeah. every, every day. And so that that's the challenge right now is, is making it more than a job for some of our younger employees. Um, I think a lot of restaurants, as you mentioned, face that. Yeah, that is. And I, I've been talking to a lot of different restaurant owners all the time. And it's interesting the different dynamics that are occurring, like uh, in terms of benefits being offered, everything from you know, so, so many things, even like mental health stuff, you know, getting ahead of that stuff or, you know, how are you feeling? You're okay. I mean, again, keep going back to when, when I was in the industry, coming up in the industry, if you were having a bad day, they sent you home. They're like, get out of here. We don't need that crap here. Or, Hey, deal with it here. You have to work. I don't care if you're having a bad day, get in. That doesn't fly anymore. So it's great to hear that, you know, you know, operators like you who are, who are ahead of that stuff is that's, that's sort of kind of what's really happening now is the, this whole pandemic shook everything out and made everybody realize what's valuable to them and, and certainly you know where they make their living is, is important especially in this business i think yeah you nailed it and the faster that we can react and, and make it an even better place to come to work every day i think the better off we'll be and i think it's a it's an industry-wide as you said effort um and it's really the smart operators have been doing this sort of thing yeah. but but the pandemic really supercharged it and it, it's wonderful um uh, because um we need to provide our people at least, you know, a living wage. It's like, that's not good enough. I mean, it should yeah. be good enough. Uh, and so uh, we want to give people the opportunity to, to start out, you know, at $15 an hour, uh, but then to grow into a position where they could make, you know, as a manager, um, a heck of a lot more than that. And so, um, and, and there's a path for that. You know, people need to see that there's a path for growth. That's key. And, and that's something that we're working on also. We have a shift lead program that we just uh, revamped uh, we had a shift lead program pre-COVID, and we really 
I think turned it on its head in a good way. Uh, and so we're developing this path for on day one, you could come into the store and maybe you're a cashier and you're working part-time and you're working your way through school. Uh, but, and if it's something that's okay to, you know, if, and it works for you for a couple of years and then that's great. But if it's, if you see a path and we show you, Hey, here's an option, um, you could become a shift lead and then there's an AGM. And then here's what you look like when you're a, when you're a full on GM, um, you know, it's, it, it is a, it's a way to provide for, for your family and for yourself. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean that's that just seeing that that it exists is is a positive. All right, so talk so now you've graduated college, you've come into the family business. How many locations did you guys have at that time? Uh when I graduated, when I entered the business in 2003, we had six locations. Uh and wow. so um uh, five five locations, excuse me. So, you know, we've had a, a fairly slow growth, I guess, uh if you want to uh call it that we opened up um a few more in the late 2000s uh and then we have opened a, a norwalk store our norwalk store in 2012 and then our new haven store in 2018 so it's we've really we've really done it in um uh sort of we've done it organically so we don't have any investors and so um i think that that sort of takes a little bit more time uh when you're growing yeah. sort of out of out of, of your your pocket um but we've done it intentionally and we've done it while improving the existing location that we have and so mm -hmm. i think there's a little bit of a push and pull between wanting to sort of improve what you have and then the opportunity to grow that you know uh obviously diminishes as you get older and so um we're keeping our eye on sort of existing and and growth at this point um, and we're actually uh, fairly close to signing an loi uh, for a ninth location so um oh very cool yeah you know, uh, yeah uh, but yeah when i joined in the yeah sorry go ahead that's what's interesting is that you had this this i mean the old Greenwich store you say 500 square feet i feel like it's like 50 square feet it's a yeah, small very very charming but i imagine because i've been in that situation my first restaurant was 10 seats and then we kind of grew next door we got bigger but then it was like well are we going to stick with this model or this we could have 80 seats here how do you go about identifying new locations and how much of that old school garden catering plays into that or have you redefined the model since then it's funny. It's it's a great question because we we have we're still figuring out what works, and certainly COVID has changed what works. Um, our most sort of our old school locations don't have any seats, and so that actually worked out fairly well during COVID uh, because we were set up for the takeout model uh, already. Mm. And um, as we yeah. talked about earlier, um, we um, we really had to. Uh, pump up that tech stack in order to get people to be able to order any which way that they wanted to, whether it was through our app or online or third party or or um, or the uh, dreaded phone call that we get from no. a lot of our customers still. Yeah, no, no. Um, and so, but yeah, obviously early days, we were taking any orders we could get. Um, and so as far as sourcing locations, um, it's really the we're working with the designer now uh sort of on a on a version 3.0 our new haven location was a version 2.0 and i feel like we could tweak that a little bit um but it's minimal seating um and it's you're grabbing it and and you're going for the yeah. most part uh we have uh, our largest location is um under 1600 square feet uh you know we have um you're not you know shake shack you might take your girlfriend or your wife uh or whoever it might be and and, and your whole family where you know our our locations you're maybe taking your one kid after the little league game and it's you know so our, our locations aren't big enough for that sort of entire family to sit and enjoy a meal and we found mm -hmm. uh you know we we're i think we were overthinking it for a while because we look back 
and we were thinking about, okay, what do we, where do we want to be? But you also can't forget where, how you got to where you are and, and how we got to where we are is a tiny box, uh, in, as you said, that seemingly was smaller than 500 square feet in a couple of our other locations locally um, that may be around 13 or 1400 square feet. Uh, but that's the entire restaurant. That's that's a kitchen included. So they're small spaces. And so that's, yeah. I think that that that's where we're heading and that's where we're continuing to go. And of course, that sort of dovetails into the whole sort of post-pandemic do you really need this, you know, sort of, and some, some models are, are you know, are, 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 you need that 200 uh, seat restaurant to, you know, uh, but certainly that's not us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's so tempting, right? Like I'm sure you've walked into spaces like, this is so nice. Yeah. It's big. It's great. We can do this, but you're like, it's just too big. It's not, it's yeah. not going to fit us. And I think you lose some of that charm. It becomes part of who you are. Right. And it's important not to to lose that because, guests who know you as one way and if you go into a different way it becomes a little bit of a different vibe and that's that's tough to balance because i know it probably in some cases you've passed on places that might be more efficient it looked more mm -hmm. efficient but not not a good fit how, how do you go about aside from the rent piece are you guys targeting a sort of certain demographic are you certain neighborhoods have you already mapped out your expansion for the next 10 years how do you go about identifying locations right now so we you know we have not perfected that model uh for sure uh and so we um we go where the kids are uh that's typically where you know we make our we we make hand cut nuggets we bet we make the best chicken nuggets you'll ever have that's our bread and butter that's what we've always done better than anyone else and so um how do we determine where we should be well we should be close to high schools we should be close to middle schools we should be close to colleges uh, typically, the, the the model has been you get those uh, the kids in and and the young uh, students in, and then you know the parents follow or the business people follow, mm -hmm. and sort of that's been the uh, sort of the old school way of thinking about how to open up restaurants, uh, and and it's worked. Um, it's worked for you know we have uh, Fairfield, uh, Connecticut is mm -hmm. one of our busiest locations. We're right oh, in between two universities and three high schools, and so great, that's great. really yeah yeah awesome awesome restaurant town, awesome town in general. They support their local businesses. It's just a wonderful community to operate in. And we love it there. Um, and you're on the beach again. Like a very similar vibe, right? Like you have the beach community there too. That's cool. Yeah, the beach community in the summer. You have the colleges um, around um, for, for part of the year. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a beachy sort of laid back casual uh, vibe. Um, and then you have, you know, towns like Norwalk where we operate and there's a middle school right around the corner or excuse me, the high school is right around the corner and there's a middle school right behind. And so, um, you know, it's, it's sort of an old school way to think about it. We do need to sort of step up our demographic game and, and, and we're actually working on that right now mm -hmm. with our team figuring out, you know, from a, um, from an analytical standpoint, who's our guest, we know sort of anecdotally who our guests are, mm -hmm. uh, but really, uh, being able to open up that, uh, next location, um, after this ninth uh, location that we open up and doing that really thoughtfully and saying, okay, here's all the current demographics we have. Here's what they're spending. Here's their age. Let's, we have our gut. We know that's worked and, and you can't really, ultimately I think you have to go by your yeah. gut, but it certainly doesn't help to have a little bit more uh, data behind that decision. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because that's how, that's where we started. Like in our business, that's, we do, we do more national stuff, not, not a whole lot around here, but it's those data, that data that we pull. And it's always an eye opener to see that data. Cause you think one thing, and I would say 95% of the time you're like, okay, yeah, that's about where we thought we were pulling from, but you always are able to look at areas of opportunities and particularly where you are in this region, you always want to be cognizant of the overlap, right? So you're kind of like, are we going to lose people here? Are we going to lose people given, you know, the traffic? Are we going to the school? Where's the school? So this stuff, the, the data has gotten 
and a little bit scary. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I realize that privacy is gone, but yeah. uh, it is so helpful in helping that out. But understanding your core customer, which clearly you guys do, is uh, is definitely the name of the game. And you mentioned site selection. I mean, we've gone far. Uh, we've, we've had some trips uh, up and down the East Coast. We've had some trips out West as far as, because we get emails from people saying, hey, you know, I grew up on garden catering. I'm in Texas or you know, I'm in yeah. California. And like, and we're actually on Gold Deli now, so we can ship to all those uh, customers who miss us. And, and they were at Savior for, for many restaurants throughout the pandemic and, and still are. Um, but, um, what we've also realized is, you know, growing in your own backyard, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. And there's a lot, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we opened up, when we opened up our new Haven location, um, we're a no, we're built into the DNA in Fairfield County of Fairfield mm -hmm. County, uh, people. Sure. So, you know, they pass it on to the next generation and they bring their kids in for nuggets and cones and, and, you know, you kind of grow with the, the families that live around here. And when we opened up New Haven, it was the first time we really had a, uh, a, a new restaurant opening marketing plan. We never really had to do one before. We just opened the doors and we're like, here we are. Yeah. Uh, people got psyched about it. And um, it taught us a lot. And it taught us a lot about um, entering into new markets where you're not a known entity. You know, the name Garden Catering, if you just hear it for the first time, you're like, are you catering something in my garden? Yeah. What's happening? And then you, if you ask a local kid or, or mom or dad around here, it's like, you say the word garden catering, they're like, oh, nuggets, chicken nuggets, you know? That, that's yeah, yeah. And so that's given us some, some thought uh, as well as how do we grow outside the market? Uh, and what we've chosen to do is really, we think that there's more opportunity within our, within our current demographic to continue to grow. And as you mentioned, not cannibalize existing yeah. locations, but it's always, there's always that flashy sort of like Boston, like, you know, oh, like yeah. college down, you know, you, you know, but then you need a new marketing team, you need a new operations team, you need another district manager up there, you need to duplicate what you have, whereas if you're growing sort of locally and organically, uh, there's enough bandwidth on the executive team here that we don't need those additional expenses. Yeah, that's it's that's the thing is growing that team outside of, of the market becomes, you know, a challenge, but um, it's it's considering how much success you guys have had locally it makes so much sense to me that you guys have you know that it doesn't it's not right for every brand to expand all across the country right like it seems sexy like you said you probably fly into dallas and they show you a beautiful space and they'll give you a bunch of ti and you're like wow we could totally make this work but then i don't know for me i would be like that place isn't that like i'm not ready <laughs> yeah, right away. am i gonna go to dallas seven times yeah. a year <laughs> yeah. i have five kids by the way so that's another uh conversation uh but it's also uh, something that really someone said this to me a number of years ago and they were like i want to go where i could drive in a day yeah right if i could get there and get back in a day then that that's manageable and so that's yeah. there's plenty of room to grow within that if you're thinking about that sort of uh oh yeah that's, I mean, that's, that is, the, yeah, there's somebody I know locally who's like, we don't want to go anywhere in, uh, further than three hours away. Yeah. And that's about, yeah. that's about it. That's about, yeah, right. Yeah. That, that's about what you can do in a day, right? There and back with a decent visit to a, to a site. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, more along the lines of that family dynamic, right? Like, you guys keep things close. You want to be close. And that, and that makes sense. I totally get it. Um, so we were talking just before we went on air about technology. And you guys, you know, being a family run business and having done things a certain way, you know, implementing change a lot of times, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is not so easy. I mean, historically, restaurant business is like, it's done this way. We're always going to do it this way. That's it. But 
we were kind of forced into this type of change. Were you guys implementing uh, technology along the way? What, what, what are you at right now with your tech? Yeah, so where we are now is um, is certainly a lot different than where we were two years ago. Um, you know, all the names that people are in our industry know, you know, Lunchbox, uh, which, you know, helped us build our, our app and our mobile ordering. Um, uh, 86 Repairs, which is a, um, uh, a great group of people who, you know, we realized we needed 86 yeah, repairs. Yeah, show. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, when you know four of us were working on an HVAC issue, it's like hold on a second. You know, we need a little, we need to streamline this process. Um, yeah. And uh, for our managers, they love it. You know, it's it's easy for them. They don't have to stop what they're doing in the middle of lunch and call the technician. You know, there's a, it's basically as as you know, it's a way for um, it's a trackable system of of, of and it's also a way for uh, to get it above the uh, four walls of the restaurant if there's an yeah. if there's a not emergency repair that needs to be made. So they're they're awesome. Uh, and then, you know, um, uh, Tattle uh, is, is a partner of ours. Ovation mm. is a partner of ours. And those, um, they both are software uh, services that uh, help with guest feedback. Uh, we have an employee um, who's also a partner in one of our locations who is on Ovation. And that's a that's a text-based, uh, as you know, um, platform. And, and he's all over it every time, of day, any time of day where there's a, a complaint. And what we found is that, you know, the, the whole point of, of, of those services are to stop the First of all, to make it right, you know, if there is something that goes wrong uh, with the guest experience, uh, but also to make sure that it doesn't make it to the next level, which is the Yelp or the Google review. And certainly people are free to post whatever they want, but um, really it's to save that customer experience. And that's what those um, that's what that software is really good at. Um, we we use Restaurant 365 for all of our accounting. And so we've really you know, we got rid of QuickBooks a number of years ago. Uh, and then, of course, like the the, the most obvious uh, one is we we switched to uh, a cloud-based POS system. We actually had three stores that had cash registers in the beginning of the pandemic, and so oh, wow. it was a nightmare. You know, those three locations, the customers couldn't didn't really have a way of ordering, and so um, except by calling in. And so there was so much stress on the on the <clears throat> on the industry and our on our employees. Uh, you know, March of 2020 and that, and that entire spring and summer, and we realized very quickly um, that we needed to uh, increase, uh, make it easier to work in our restaurants, which means uh, not having the phone ring, you know, 300 times a day. Uh, and so uh, those locations that, that we that we sort of implemented that uh, the POS systems in were, were legacy locations have been there for, uh, geez, uh, going on 20 years. Uh, and so um, I think our customers appreciated the change. Our employees, you asked about uh, change being yeah. hard. I think some of our some of our younger employees, you know, we have a, we use blanket for our uh, checklist software and like, they love it, you know, they're on it and, and they're all over mm. it. They understand um, some of our older employees, it takes a little bit of longer uh, to, to serve for them to see the light. But um, I found that when you explain um, not just how to do something, but why we're doing something, yeah. um, it really, you know, the light goes on a little bit quicker. Um, typically. Great call. Yeah, the why, the why, like here's what we're doing and here's why is I think the essence of restaurant training. Just yeah. to say we're doing it for the sake of doing it goes. People don't buy that. <laughs> they don't buy that. <laughs> yeah, they really don't. It's like why? Yeah. I mean, and, and I just had this conversation with someone yesterday who's a growing leader in our uh, in our in our Fairfield location. And and she's a young woman and, and, and going to have a great future with 
uh, but she's never been like a, a leader. Uh, and so that's actually something that we were talking about yesterday is she gets it, but it's a, you know, you understand it, but then passing that information on to someone else, it's not just because mm. I said so. It's like, here's how it's going to make your life easier the next time you walk into the restaurant. And so yeah. a lot of that tech uh, does assist with making our employees' lives a little bit easier. So. Yeah, it's like let me let me show you how I can make your life easier. Let me show you why this is important to our the you know the business, to our guests, to the founders, whatever it is. Yeah. That's that's a that's a big piece because just saying do this because I told you to, that's again very old school restaurant. People are just gonna be like, screw this, I'm gonna go work somewhere else, you know. But they'll connect that connection to you and to the why I think is a big piece of uh, probably why you have such a loyal staff. Um yeah, and so, communication is key. I mean, especially the last couple of years, we've we um we have probably, um, I don't know if we've communicated enough with our teams. We communicate a heck of a lot, but you can never over communicate, especially these days. No. And we've been, it's been, you know, it's like a pink, you feel like you're a ping pong ball. <laughs> what, what, what are we focusing on today? Is it, you know, mass mandates? Is it, you know, the COVID protocols? Is it, that's a whole nother, you know, sort of piece that we haven't talked on. And, and it's just, you know, our, our, making sure that our employees know that we are always doing things for them um, is really important. Um, I'm behind the scenes and I'm, um, we have a district manager who we've hired over the last couple of years. We used to not have that layer between our general managers and our, and our ownership. And that's makes it hard to grow the business uh, when yeah. you're getting those phone calls. And so having our DM and a solid one at that uh, has been extremely, it's been a game changer. Um, but what it does, what's, what it's done for me a little bit is pushed me into the background a little bit more and pushed him to the forefront. Um, yeah. So really you have to, and what I do often every day is work on things like we talked about before, um, the 401k program, um, you know, the Uber discounts, the, uh, the things that will improve the lives of our employees, but you really have to communicate those things uh, because those don't happen overnight. And so it's really no. important for people to know that you have their best interests at heart. And um, that's probably something we could all do a better job at. Yeah, I mean that that just knowing that that you care to that extent is a big piece. And it's it's like we had said earlier, it's it's been ignored for so long. But you're asking these people to go above and beyond consistently, right? It's it's not yeah. an easy business. Dealing with the public is a challenge. And if you're also despising your paycheck at the end of the week or feel like the owner doesn't give a crap about you, then yeah, that's probably not the best place for you to work. You don't want no one wants to be there. And it ultimately harms the business, right? So it's it's such a it's such a great, great thing it's probably the best thing i think that's come out of this pandemic is is, is that so um, so we were we were talking before about um you know the, the tech piece again were you guys i mean I, I said before we got in there that i think you guys have one of the most dynamic I've, I've, if you guys want to go check out the website it's gardencatering.com right gardencatering.com mm -hmm. me it is the it's like a template for how a restaurant's uh, website should be set up. It's very clear. It's very clean. It's crisp. I, I understand immediately where I need to go if I want to order. Uh, and everything just kind of flows very, very nice. Obviously, it was intentional. Talk about what it took to put that together and, and how it helps your business. So um, we did that, um, you know, March 2020 when we were, you know, we, we had actually been working with Lunchbox uh pre-COVID. And then we said, we called them up and said, okay, guys, we need this yesterday. And we, and we put it into overdrive and we thought about what we needed to strip away from the website and what we needed to add in to make it as easy as possible mm. to know what garden catering is uh, and, and who we are and what we stand for. And then, and then to, to place an order. And so, yeah. um, and then we added some really, um, I think pretty awesome pictures and a couple of videos. Um, 
we have a tendency to overcomplicate things sometimes. Um, we want everything in there and we want to jam it all in. And, and, and we actually, thank you for the compliment on the website. I think we actually, um, we're, we're working right now to improve the hiring page because of all the things mm. that we discussed earlier. What is the path to growth? What does it look like? What is a day in the life? If you're just a 20 year old kid who wants a part-time job and this isn't going to be what you do for the next 10 years, but you want a good place to work. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, uh, because we certainly have a lot of, um, those types of employees and, and they're, they're, they're part of the backbone of who we are. Um, but the website, um, uh, we gave, uh, we work with bento box, um, uh, for the design of the website and they're wonderful. Uh, check them out. If you're uh, most restaurant owners know them, yeah. uh, they're, they're sponsors of the show. They're a sponsor of the show. There you yeah, go. You did that in there yeah. on your own. <laughs> See, that's uh, done. I'm going to hit them up with another invoice just for that. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, way back in the day we used this, you know, sort of, uh, they were a restaurant, you know, they built websites, but it was like, uh, you know, they it, it, Bento really gives you the framework of what what works, and then you yeah. add your own unique uh, sort of uh, uh, touch. And um, but um, again, um, not overthinking it uh, too much, simplifying it, streamlining streamlining it, while still wanting uh, sort of a, a really sort of beautiful uh, website and and, a, and an easy way uh, to order. And so. Um, you know, it's it's not rocket science, but I do think for a while we overthought what it needed to be. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's very it's very sleek and it, it's very dynamic. I don't even know the words to use. I'm sure there's some. It's a great UX. That's yeah, term UX. Yeah, It's uh, so yeah. Shout out to that. And I think on social media, you guys crush it as well. Oh, thank um, you. That's another big piece. Have you guys seen or did you guys double down on those efforts? during the quarantine or, or who handles your social media? Do you guys do it in-house or do you outsource it? So we used to do everything in-house and it, you know, we're ready to pull our hair out because, you know, <laughs> we're responding to uh, comments and it's like, yeah. why, what are we doing? I mean, we should, we need to respond to comments, but we also need to grow the business, you know, do all the things that we talked about yeah. uh, earlier. So there's a place for everyone. And so taking a step back and we're still working on this, you know, this is typical small business, typical family business. Everyone does a little bit of everything. Everyone's wearing 17 hats. Well, that's not the way to properly grow your business. Uh, you could do it, but you go insane trying to do it. And so we took a step back a couple of years and said, you know, who is it? You know, my sister and I run the business now. Um, um, uh, our dad has taken a step back and he's a, a grandfather to uh, seven uh, awesome grandkids, soon to be eight. And so he's enjoying his life that he's earned. Uh, it's my sister and I. My best friend is our CFO. Uh, we have someone else who's been with us for forever. Uh, she's wonderful and she's our head of HR. But three or four years ago, we didn't have those titles. We weren't doing those mm. things. We're all doing a little bit of everything. And so uh, again, to your question about social media and who manages that, uh, part of the process over the last couple of years uh, in, in finding our roles and, and sticking to our lanes um, it was, was outsourcing marketing. And so we work with, a we have a fractional marketing um, a consultant who that's a fancy way of saying someone who has multiple clients and we're one of them and she's, she's wonderful. She's an industry veteran. Uh, and she, um, she helps us with our, with our marketing calendar and with our social media. We actually have a local person, uh, in Greenwich, uh, who does similar things with multiple restaurant websites and she's awesome. She knows our brand. It really, that really helps. She grew up, um, oh, yeah. eating our nuggets. And so it's it sort of, you don't, she doesn't yeah, need to fake it. What's that? You could probably pay her in nuggets. Well, she's got kids, so I think we probably bartered along the way. Uh, and so, um, 
it's important, as you know, I mean, you, you crush it on social media and, and, and you do such a, a great job. And um, that's a, probably a full time job in itself. But you need yes. to maintain your brand, right? Like you yeah. like, you know who you are. And, and, and it's maybe it's a little bit easier if you're doing it yourself. It's a lot harder for a, a lot of other reasons, because like you have this other paying job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, but um, but the, per, the, the everything needs to connect and, and the brand voice needs to stay the same. And that's, that's, that's a challenge on Instagram. That's a challenge on social media. Um, because it's not you, it's someone else acting on behalf of your brand, but they know what we stand by. We know what we stand, they know what we stand for, they know what we love. Uh, and that's, and it's pretty much every, everything starts and ends with nuggets with us. And, um, and so, uh, and, and so, yeah, thank you. I mean, we've, we've, we've really, we have doubled down on social media and, um, and all things, you know, you know, coming from this right here that, you know, that, that people, you know, are attached to these days and that's the ordering process as, as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's can, being able to control that though is a big thing. And having somebody who knows a brand is a big help. Do you guys, uh, like, did you find it difficult to hand that off? Kind of like, Hey, you know, don't screw this up. Like what, what are the, I think a lot of times restaurant owners are afraid to hire outsourced because they think they're going to lose some of that connectivity. What is mm -hmm. that dynamic like between the two of you? Are you communicating on a weekly basis or monthly basis? How does that work? Yeah, we have, um, we have, so we have our, um, our fractional marketing officer who we meet with, um, once a week. And typically there's communication multiple times a week, if not daily on, on different things that we're working on, whether it's, um, you know, uh, online promotions or social media promotions, uh, fundraisers, those sorts of things. And then we have our, our local um, social media uh, expert uh, who, um, who, who is tied into that uh, relationship and she's aware of the marketing calendar uh, and what we need to be talking about uh, during what season. And so there is constant communication. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the woman who does our social uh, media now uh, her name's Lindsay Potter. She's she's local in town, and she she knows us. And so it, it was an, it's an easier handoff um, because she speaks the brand language. She grew up on garden catering, and so that does make it a little bit easier. Um, with our fractional marketing officer, it takes time. You have to get to know the brand. You have to get to know the people that you're working with. Um, and so I think we clicked before we started um, working with her, and so that really helps also. Um, yeah. And and so yeah, everyone sort of speaks the same language. That's yeah. I mean that that is that's the, that it, it has to be the language is important. What important what you're saying there is that language of your brand. It's got to be somewhat reminiscent of what it's like to be in the store and the experience, right? Absolutely. And I think again, I think you guys do a phenomenal job with that. Um, so we're coming up on um, our time here, but I want just one last thing that maybe you could give some piece of advice to folks who are listening to this show who are maybe one or two units, they're looking to scale their business. What are some of the, what are the top three, let's just say the top three pieces of advice you would have for them if they're in that position? I would say um, there is so much, so many resources out there um, to help you grow and scale. Uh, you're, I, I, I follow you on, on social media and you get these like little one minute sort of clips mm -hmm. of like knowledge bombs and like, you know, it's like those things, matter. Um, you know, there's books out there. Um, there are podcasts like, like this one, I would say do the research, um, because going from one to two is a huge jump. And every time you go, you know, you continue to move on, uh, from two to three and from three to four, it could either get really fun or really out of control. 
And so mm -hmm. I would say um, absolutely build your business plan, uh, build uh, before you go from 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 one to two or from two to three. Uh, the other thing, the second piece, um, which sort of ties into this is your training program. Um, you know, training is everything. Uh, and it's an underserved sort of, uh, it was, and I think we're catching up a little bit now in our industry, but uh, I mentioned earlier, my dad grew the business sort of like a game of telephone and it sort of worked for him because he had really good employees, but you have to have a system for your training. And so that's the second thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third thing would be um, uh, to make sure that you're, married to someone who is, or your partner is, is wow. really understanding. Um, yeah, and that's and a really good that we have not gotten yet, but yes, I agree with that one. It, I can tell yeah. you about that story at the store one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could probably talk for a while about that. You really have to have, it, it's, you know this, you know, you, you're in a full serve restaurant. It's, it's not easy. There are long days, long nights. Um, there's, it's a very unique business that we're in. And so, um, and, and there's going to be, the easy part is having that conversation, but then the hard part is the reality of like when those things actually happen. And so uh, whoever your partner is uh, or whoever, whether it's business or personal, um, make sure that you have the right one. That's huge. <laughs> That's really huge. Yeah. Because the time commitment, right? It's managing that time commitment. I mean, there is, there's a guy I know, uh, the restaurant coach, he talks about there is no work-life balance. It's all consuming, but how do you figure it out and be in, in uh, and run your business is, is a key piece. So yeah. um, clearly you figured out that out to some extent. So um, it's still a there's no, no such thing as balance, but you have to, the systems help feed into the time that you're able to spend with your friends and your family and outside the restaurant, oh, yeah. which is so important. Otherwise, of course you get the burnout and, uh, and you're not able to grow your business uh, the way in which you'd want to. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that a lot of that comes by learning, you know, just by making tons of mistakes and and and, and tripping and falling and hopefully getting back yeah. up and, and, and learning every day. But those, 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 that that tripping and falling and those mistakes are yeah, those are all the lessons because there is no exact like this is exactly how you do it. Everybody's personal situation is different. You could take bits and pieces, but the reality is. You screw up along the way and you figure it out and you make it work, right? I think that's, that's right. Really, the life's all about <laughs> exactly. Um, so if you guys are in Westchester County, Fairfield County, Connecticut, stop by. But you mentioned Gold Belly, you guys are also on Gold Belly. I'm gonna guess that the chicken nuggets are on Gold Belly. Chicken nuggets are on Gold Belly, the nuggets and the cones that's what we're that's what we're known for. Right. So you can get them on Gold Belly. <laughs> oh, what about the last thing here is the breakfast sandwich, the hot seat, yeah. <laughs> Can you get that on Gold Belly or is that only in-store exclusive? We actually started because uh, we had so much demand. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, we Gold Belly called us up and said everyone's asking for hot seas. And we actually told Gold Belly also, like we've gotten emails from people. And so, yeah, we ship out the breakfast sandwich, which is a hot seat, which is that's a whole nother podcast. But it's uh, he's, it's named after a, uh, an amazing man, Frank Hotsey Bertino, who, who worked for us for uh, for years. And it's a it's a bacon, egg and cheese with uh, smashed up uh, potato cones, which are like little mashed potato balls and his famous uh, chili recipe. And so it's it's great after a fun night out with friends. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, it's great any day of the week, really. But it's uh, it's it's oh, no. we're really known for our breakfast locally as well. And so that's uh, it, it's just a it's an awesome story. And it's a it's a great sandwich. That is amazing. Well. Frank, thank you so much. I'm definitely going to have to swing by and catch you one of these days, considering Absolutely. we're 100 yards apart. And yeah. um, congratulations on your success, and, and, and I look forward to watching what you guys do next. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Kyle. I really had fun. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye.
All right, guys, thanks for checking out another episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Please do not forget to follow myself, Kyle and Sarah, and the National Restaurant Owners Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out on TikTok. And also, the National Restaurant Owners Network is open and available, as well as the one-on-one coaching session. So if that's your thing, hit me up. If not, all good. We can still be friends, and I'll check you out next week. <laughs> all right, guys, have a great day.